On January 2nd, 2000, an 18-year-old man goes missing in Asheville, North Carolina. Days later, his car is found in a restaurant parking lot with a pair of lips drawn on the back windshield and lipstick, an unidentifiable hotel key, and a live puppy. 20 years later, and we still don't know the truth. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Zeb Quinn. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, dry basement. Yeah, we got some complaints about the moist. <laughs> but for once, it is actually not raining on a Friday night. But it is full it moon a, Friday. It was a beautiful day today, though. It was. Full yeah. moon Friday, and that idiot you hear in the background just figured out today that happy endings are not only found at the end of fairy tales. With wow. all that out of the way, wow. I would like to give a shout out to wow. Jennifer Clickenbeard. 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 All right. She donated three dollars and said, "Keep up the good work." Oh shit! I meant to tell you, I sold. Uh, I myself have sold three, uh, three, three stickers. I would also like to give a shout out and to. Then, and then there's for my part of the podcast <laughs> dues. Uh, Brianna Bosshard, and I'm probably miss. <laughs> pronouncing that last name. I don't give a fuck what her last name is. It's Boss Hard. Uh, That's a badass last name. That is a badass last name. She reached out to us and said, hey guys, love your podcast and would like to represent with a sticker. How do we make that happen? So I hooked her up and she paid double. Nice. I asked her, I I said, would you like two stickers and she said no sir that extra money was for beer so we have our first beer money nice. miss brianna bossard i hope that's how you say her name i do too because I love, that is awesome thank you very much brianna and then and hold on let me let me do the i'm gonna do the, the five, five stars. star rating well, hold yeah. on i got one more fucker oh i'm sorry and then our friend mr george collins out in Washington has oh, reached yeah. back out That's to badass. us. Yeah. I love this guy. I hope I, he has uh, basically submitted two cases that he would like for us to do, and I feel like we're going to get on them pretty quickly. But what he has been uh, Don't you give pandering he our stickers, and he sold four for us. Nice. Yeah. So, Mr. George Collins, we do appreciate we you. Appreciate that. He has recommended three hundred million yen heist. So it's like 14 bucks. Probably. <laughs> he said there's not a lot out there, so we might make it a microbrew. And then there's another one, but he constantly says he listens. So I guess he's listening on loop because there's only 25 episodes. Hey. Don't. But also, I would like to give a shout out. This is my last one, and you can go for it. To I just, I mean, it'd just be a one man show if you want it to be. Well, it that's us- fine. It usually is. So. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would wow. like to give a shout out to <laughs> Helen Gone Podcast. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. And she has basically carried on a conversation with us. So we're just two, like we say all the time, we're, we're like just fanboys, man. Yeah, they we're two rednecks in a basement. She's talking to us. We're like, oh my God, she's talking to us. No, why, God, no, why? We're carrying on conversations. It's awesome. Um, that was pretty cool. 
I, ho- I really hope she takes our advice. If she does the Janie, I mean the Billie Jean Phillips case because we suggested it, I'll be over the moon. Heck yeah, man! I honestly can't like. I don't. I really, truly do not care how little amount of people listen to this show. I am just so. It's so exciting that people actually listen. It is. I don't care if we reach ten people, which we know we we vote. We've got over five thousand listens, which is it's not bad. That's, we gained two hundred seventy-one this week. That's amazing. Uh, hold on, let me back up. We gained two hundred seventy-one downloads from the time um, the Giant of Kandahar dropped to this morning at ten a.m. That's awesome. It is awesome. I mean, so I think we got a little bit of traction. But Miss Catherine Townsend, we really do appreciate it. You got two fans in Georgia. I know you're an Arkansas girl and you're living in uh, New York, and New you're about to do York City. and you're about to do a true crime TV show. And we wish you all the luck. If you need talking heads on that show, man, we'll do it. You need some expert opinions on stupid stuff. <laughs> you just give us a call. But I mean, I really just I love hearing from people. I love the fact that people get in touch with us. We really, truly did just start this thing because we were doing it on our own anyway, and it was a great excuse to drink beer on Friday night, and, you know, so it's turned into, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't care if it's 10 people. It's just amazing that somebody in Washington is listening. People in Tokyo are listening. There's people in Malta. I know, Malta. Malta. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. It is crazy. And, uh. So that's cool, but we absolutely love the reviews we get. And we had a Lori S. Berger who gave us five stars, but her, the title of her review is Deserves Six Stars. And she said, I stumbled upon this podcast a long, on a long drive yesterday, and I think I'm in love. Their style of revisiting cases is right up my alley. I did not expect expect to laugh so hard. Super happy with this find, and I'll be spreading the word. That is amazing thank you so much for that and uh please if you if you have some if you do enjoy our show please let somebody know if anybody you know that's involved with mysteries or serious deaths or disappearances or whatever please just let them know and we will keep trying to get better we are desperately still trying to get better and i think if you listen to the past couple episodes compared to our first episode, you yeah. will know that we've we have got better. There was one that said we were two McConaughey's drinking beer. Did oh, you see that? Yeah, one? Yeah, I did see that. But one. I did can't we, find it. Did we not read that one? Uh uh-uh. That was on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah, on it was Facebook. Like, they were just two like two Matthew McConaughey's talking about mysteries. That may be the nicest thing anybody's ever said about my all crazy right, ass all accent. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so. Okay, let's get to the nitty and the gritty. Let's um jump right in. This week's brew. That's what we're talking. That's what I want. That's what I want to hear <laughs> right there. This week's brew is from Highland Brewing in the great city of Asheville, North Carolina. What 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 what? And we are drinking the AVL IPA. If if you happen to be a beer connoisseur and you're wanting to have a beer destination North Carolina well North Carolina itself is amazing but Asheville's awesome Asheville North Carolina is really good Um, they have 
tons and tons and tons of breweries there. And um, when I got my brewery certification, I did it through Oscar Blues, and they're really good out there. But my favorite brewery is not in Asheville. It's a little bit outside of Asheville. And it's um, it's called Lookout Brewery. And uh, give me one second, and I'll look up where it is. I think it's Black Mountain. Yep, Black Mountain. But, man, that's a, it's a really nice place. A few years back when I went there, they had just opened. They'd only, they'd only served their beer in one restaurant and the brewery itself. And they said they couldn't keep it on the shelf. And they walked us into the, the brewery part, and all they had was five-gallon fermenters. They had like 50 of them bubbling away fermenting. And if you know anything about brewing beer, having 55-gallon fermenters is insane. But they've gotten a lot more popular, and if you're up in that area check them out so backtracking a little bit one last shout out because uh -oh. you said facebook miss joyce leatherman brandon that's what it looks like yes miss joyce leatherman brandon she found us on reddit thread about uh gary sudbrink yeah uh, uh yeah and she said came across a recommendation for mysterious brews on a reddit thread about gary sudbrink that hooked me lifelong fan i love that gary sudbrink case i do too i think that's uh, a lot of my friends, that's the first one that they started listening to, and they were like, holy crap. I'm not knocking the first two episodes, but I think that's really when we started to hit our stride just a little bit, you know. Yep. I think we got the hang of all the equipment, and we got the hang of splicing and editing, which kudos to you for doing that, man. Like, if anybody likes the podcast, you really need to thank Arlo, because I really don't do shit. <laughs> Lori Masterson also said, I've subscribed to a billion true crime podcasts, but this is my favorite, hands down. I'm trying to find the other one that said... The Matthew McConaughey? We'll find it. I want to find it now, what? Dad. I know, but... Okay, forget it. All right, here we go. Don't forget it. That's amazing. That's it amazing was an comment. awesome comment. But we, we typically don't take this long to get into the case, but I'm just in a great mood because of all the positive feedback. And it's Friday... And I'm there it is. I found it. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, we got a lot more. There's a new button on there. <laughs> it says, and this is from Brad Talent. Lots of fun to listen to. They've sent me down a few rabbit holes. Thank you, sir. That's what we want to do, to be honest with you. We would love to just pique your interest on a lot of these cases and let you just chase them. Because that's what he does to me. <laughs> I mean, and that's what happened. Like he said, that's why we started it. You know, he would send me stuff. I would send him stuff. And then... But anyway, Carol Schaefer Chan says, Funny, exclamation point, sound like two Matthew McConaughey's discussing mysterious subjects. Nice. So, again, thank you, thank you, and thank you. Well, so, yes, after 15 minutes, we'll get into the podcast. Hey, fuck it, man. I'm in a great mood. I, <laughs> I am, I mean, too. The listeners we got, we we've got We've made them. 20 we've, bucks, and you would yeah. think that we've made 2,000. The listeners we've got, we've got them hooked, so they're going to tune in for us. And the best part of today's case is I didn't have to research shit, because I know all about this case. I did a little bit of research. I guess mine was more research on if there was anything new, new that had come up. And we'll get into what the well, new is. The but. reason the reason why I know so much about this case is Zeb himself is very close in age to me. He was about five months older than me. We graduated from high school the same year. Granted, not in the same school, not even the same state. 
but I heard when when I heard about this disappearance, man, I was hooked, and I just really want answers for his family. And one thing that really pisses me off about this case is if you're doing some independent research on it, some of the YouTube videos, some of the um, newspaper articles you may find say this case is solved. This case is not solved. Far from it. And even if the person that they have charged with this, with the murder of Zeb is in fact guilty, there's still going to be a ton of unanswered questions. So this is far from solved. Yes, extremely. So around 9 p.m. on the 2nd of January, Y2K, Zeb gets off work at the Walmart on Hendersonville Road. Dude, when Y2K hit, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I bought into it. I was a skeptical optimist again. I, but when it was, I was like, oh, there's no way that's going to happen. But then when it was like 10, 9, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, wait, wait, oh, and so 1, and then like nothing. It was like, oh. yes. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Zeb and Quinn are going to look. <laughs> Zeb and Quinn. Zeb and Quinn. Yeah. Zeb and Owens are going to look for a vehicle. That okay, so, yeah, his his friend Jason Owens, he gets off work at Walmart, and he, he's going to look for a car. And he, he asks his friend Jason Owens to go with him. So they take separate cars, which is kind of strange. It is strange. And then they there's security footage of them stopping at a Sitco. Yeah, Sitco. Yeah, the last known footage of Quinn is they both they both stop at a Sitco and walk in and buy various items. That's around nothing, 9.15. Yeah. Nothing looks amiss. Nothing looks suspicious. They're just two 18-year-old kids buying. Yeah, and Owens is in a Ford pickup truck, and Quinn's in his light blue Mazda Protégé. And in the footage, they are seen pulling away from the station after, you know, like you said, purchasing whatever. I mean, yeah. That does not. And it said that uh, both vehicles were headed towards Long Shoals Road. Mm-hmm. We'll try to post a picture of the uh, Google Maps of that area so that you kind of understand what's going on. Now, it is, it is important to point out that. The, the facts, quote-unquote, facts of this case are being relayed by Owens. The facts of what happened on the road, that is, are going to be relayed by Owens. So you have to take it with a little bit of grain of salt, but I'm assuming that somewhere, something very similar to what he says happens. And he states that... Sometime right before nine thirty, mm-hmm. that Zeb's going to start flashing, flashing his, his lights. lights yeah. yeah, and this was near T.C. Robertson High School on Long Shoals Road. And Owen said they both pulled over to the side of the road. Quinn told him that he had just received a page, <laughs> and that tells you how long ago this yeah, was. That was a while back, buddy. And Owen stated that uh, Zeb drove away to make a phone call. Then he tells, Owens tells police that when Zeb returned approximately 10 minutes later, he rear-ended Owens's truck. Yeah, he kind of pulls in so fast in like a, in a rush that he bumps his car. According yeah. to Owens, it's not that bad. It's right. just kind of like just a, just a little tiny fender bender. And so Zeb apologizes and said that he could not go look at the vehicle as they had planned for 
And then Owen states that Zeb drove away and was never seen again. One article, and this I guess this is my biggest pet peeve, all of the articles from when this happened are gone around there. I've all the links that I found that you can't find it. If you search on some of the the newspapers that they reference, nothing comes up. So I will. If you get on Web Sleuths and type in the disappearance of Zeb Quinn, some most of those within the first six pages are gone. But anyway, one article said, and this is where. This is just goes to prove, like you had said, the game of telephone. This is second, third, maybe fourth-hand information, but one of the articles stated that uh, none of that happened, even though there's security footage of it. And Zeb just slams on his brakes on the side of on the side of the road, runs to a payphone, runs back over, and says, "I gotta go," which that would make it even weirder, as if it's not weird enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but. How would that per whoever's saying that? How would they even? Know? I know that's what I, mean, I didn't understand. That's so, beyond. That's just hearsay. I mean, that's not even hearsay. That's just this is my assumption. The, so we, ha- I mean, so though his testimony is going to be called into question at this moment of the podcast. We have to take Owens on his way. So after Zeb leaves Owens. Really, like you said, we have to take Owens's account of the story as fact. Yeah, so because see, that's really the last yeah. time he's seen. Yeah, so essentially he drives off into the According to Owens, he drives off into the night. And he's not seen again. Um, Zeb's mom is going to get really concerned because Zeb is, you know, 18-year-old, just like me, just like most guys though they won't admit it they're mama's boys you know so you got a mom that really wants to know where you are you're going to keep in touch with her zeb does not do that no and it's nine o'clock and gets off and i'm pretty sure he probably told her you know hey after work i'm gonna go look at this it's extremely strange for him not to stay in contact with his mother so two days after zeb was last seen someone calls the walmart and says that they are Zeb, and they tell a co-worker slash boss that Zeb, basically, I'm not coming into work because I'm sick. Um, the supervisor is going to know. Yeah, automatically. They, automatically that it is not Zeb. And back in the old days, kiddos, she's going to star 69. And the phone call is traced back to... The Volvo plant. And guess who works at the Volvo plant? Dun, dun, dun. That would be Mr. Owens. Dun, dun, dun. So authorities are like, hey, buddy, uh, we got a question for you. Yeah. Um, so what's going on with this phone call? And so he, they say that. He's going to state that. Yeah, I made co- it. Yeah, that he said, yeah, I, did, I made that call. But. Zeb, Zeb called asked me, me to. and asked me to do it. Yeah. So that's his. And then right after that, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the, I think that's the last time he speaks to authorities because he clams up pretty soon after that. Yeah, very soon after that. And we'll get to Mr. Owens in just a second. But a few days are going to go by and 
Zeb's car is going to be found. It's going to be found in a restaurant uh, across the street from the hospital that Zeb's mom and Zeb's sister work at. It's going to be found in a manner that wants to be found. It's extremely strange, but you're going to notice this car. It is found abandoned. It is running. There are going to be lipstick drawn lips on the back windshield. Huge lips. Takes up the entire windshield. And here's the kicker, ladies and gentlemen. What was found inside the car? Well, there's going to be an unidentified hotel key. That's not what I'm talking about. I know what. But don't we don't gotta, you blow it? <laughs> <laughs> well, cops are gonna find a hotel key, and despite numerous efforts to identify it, they are unable to. Which is strange for a hotel. It's a key card. What hotel key card does not have an identifiable marker on it? It's that's yeah. very weird. It is very weird. But the weirdest thing: there's gonna be a coat, also. And it's not his. It's not his. Nobody knows whose it is. But there's also going to be a live puppy. Live puppy. A lab puppy. A lab. And if anybody knows anything about lab puppies, it's amazing the car is still standing. Well. Because they will eat and chew through everything. Because they're beautiful, aren't they? And as you can hear, there's a big one moaning right now. They are. They're beautiful dogs. So, <laughs> this, I had read somewhere, this, his car's found at a barbecue restaurant where they... It is a barbecue who, yeah, restaurant. Yeah, whoever parked it knew that that next morning... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's directly across the street from where his mother works, so... That car was meant to be found. Yes. And what's going to be odd about the car itself is between the time... That Zeb disappears. Of course, his his mom's going to report him missing the next morning. And uh, cops are going to be looking for the car. They're going to be looking for him. They're going to be looking for anything, any information. Well, they would go on record saying that they collected forensic evidence, but that didn't lead them to any new leads. How the hell not? How can you collect a jacket that's not his and there not be some kind of forensic? Unless they're holding it, and I will, I'm not... I'm not yet going to just destroy the well, local mean, police, but they fucked this one up, in my honest opinion. Well, maybe there wasn't any. Maybe, maybe there wasn't so. any. Maybe so. We don't know that information. Now, another... But, well, I'm saying, like, maybe it was... Maybe his DNA was on it. Maybe that's the forensic evidence they found. And they're just waiting to drop that bomb on whoever... Well, they're not going to do that. That's 20... I mean, it's been 20 years. That's what years. I'm saying. It's been 20 years. If that's where I started. They're holding something close to the vest. They need to open that shit up. They said it. They stated that the when they got there that the car had been left with its headlights on. And not only was there a pair of lips, but there was also an exclamation mark drawn yes. on the car window. Yes, there was. In lipstick. I wonder if it was rose petal red. It was red. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> all right. So now we well, have. So now look on. Wait. Now this was what, around January sixth, wasn't it? Yes, I believe it was. Well, what's going to happen is, yeah, it is January sixth when it's they gonna, find the car. Right. It's called a uh, McDowell Street Barbecue Restaurant. Yes, is where it's going to be found. Yes. 
And um, the hospital was Mission St. Joseph Hospital. Correct. Well, between January 2nd and January 6th, during their investigation, police are going to uncover eyewitness testimony that from several people that someone was seen driving the car. And they're going to give a description. And the description is going to be eerily similar to a young lady that's very familiar with Mr. Quinn. And her name is Miss Misty Taylor. Correct. This is where we get into a little bit of conjecture because yes. it's kind of murky. Well, we're, we're going to give you the clearest parts of this. Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about her. Then we have to circle back to um, young Mr. Owens. Mr. Owens, but for right now, we we talk about Misty and Zeb had a infatuation. Well, strange relationship. Zeb. From what I believe, I could be wrong. Zeb was in love with this yes, girl. I would, I would say that that's probably true. And Misty was not in love with Zeb, but she did enjoy the attention, and she did enjoy the idea of stringing him along. And that is again opinion. But because Misty has a boyfriend, Wesley. It, yes, his name is Mr. Wesley Smith. Yeah, and and uh, I'm he, just gonna go ahead and say this out loud. Because I need to get this off my chest. That fucking guy. <laughs> he did. <laughs> okay. I, all right. I, 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 I get it. I get it. But and we'll get into why he, I said that in a minute. He he is aware of the situation with Zeb and Misty. But he's probably... Misty, again, opinion... Manipulative. Misty is manipulating the situation with Zeb in order to make Wesley jealous. Wesley's not going to be a fan of Zeb in the least. And Zeb's going to go on record, well not on record, but he's going to tell his family and friends that he's scared of Wesley. He's scared that Wesley's going to do something to him in a very violent manner. So he knows what he's doing is dangerous and could... On the very least, carry an ace whooping. Right, and there are some reports, indications, hearsay, whatever you want to call it, that Wesley actually phoned Zeb from Misty's home, or actually Misty's parents' home, and probably explained to him that he was going to beat his ass if he caught him around his yeah. girlfriend again. Yeah. And this is in 2000. This is when we still... We, you know, in the South, we still settled things with our fist. We mean two thousand. We still settle shit with our fist now. Well, We're some the people South, do. baby. <laughs> some people do. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So again, you're gonna have a lot of people state that this is a love triangle. I don't necessarily see it as a love triangle. It's not a love triangle. No, it's not a love triangle. I think Zeb is in love with her. Exactly. She's stringing him along. Exactly. She's. Fucking with Wesley. Well, Wesley, I'll stomp his ass. Yeah. And then calls him and says, look, she, stay the fuck in, away from her. Again, in my opinion, she's using Zeb just to make Wesley jealous. And she enjoys the attention Zeb gives her. When someone is like, oh, I love you. You're so great. And all that. That I mean, who wouldn't love that? So she's just keeping Zeb around to make her feel better. But it's not going to happen. And... 
what's going to be really strange about Misty and Wesley is the page that Zeb receives. Yes, and, and so, go go ahead and let's 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 enlighten them. The, so the page suppose it well not supposedly it's fact. it's a fact that yeah. is a fact. The page came from Zeb's aunt's house, and her name is odd. It's so up until this point, Ustich. How do you say? How would you say that? U s t i c h. Ustich is how I would say it. Ustich, maybe. Sure. And it's uh, Anna. Well, okay. her name is Anna Ustich. Yeah, I believe that's how you say it. And but uh, we have we have to point. I'm going to point out real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt, but to this point, Owen's story is corroborated because we have factual proof that that is the text. I mean, not the text. The page that Zeb received. Received. Owens is going to tell him it's from the aunt, and so. And her, again, her name is Ina Ustich. We're going with Ustich. And according to what I found, and and again now this is on Reddit and Web Sleuths, he had had very just kind of passing contact with his aunt prior to him going uh, missing. And what's even more fucked up is that she initially denies paging him. Yes, she does. And well, she, she, still states, de- she still denies paging him. She states to this day that she could not have done that because she was having dinner at the home of her friend, Tamara Taylor. Hmm. That's and a familiar name, isn't sounds it? Sounds like Misty Taylor. And guess what, boys and girls? It's Misty's fucking mother. That's crazy. And guess who else was also present at the dinner? Misty and her boyfriend, Wesley. And then Ina, Miss Eustich, files a police report stating that her house was broken into that evening. Nothing was stolen, but some picture frames and other items were moved around. What the... Fuck. Yeah, so someone like just That's too many coincidences. Yeah, somebody and, breaks and then, in the house. I've been watching and, Hellier and that's a synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> breaks in the house doesn't take anything but pages zap. Rearranges the furniture just to fuck with people. <laughs> hey, we'll fuck with them. Okay. We got in, I'm not gonna steal nothing, okay. I'll just rearrange the couches. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's it's plausible. Totally plausible. I mean, it's almost a, I mean that, who would not believe that? I know. I had an aunt. Great aunt. Total sidebar. I had a great aunt. She would rearrange her fucking house. Great aunt Betty? No. <laughs> she passed away two weeks ago. Now, you, you be careful, coach. You said that two weeks ago. That's when she passed away. Fuck. I said two weeks ago. Jesus <laughs> no, Christ. Saying, pay attention. You said two weeks ago, two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, so now it's four weeks. Do I need to show you how to add? <laughs> anyway. She... <laughs> Would rearrange her entire fucking house at the drop of a hat. She, honest to God, kept whatever drywall fix putty company in business. She would move pictures. She would move everything at the drop of a hat. On January 6, 2000, Denise Blockus, Zeb's mother, receives a phone call from a fellow nurse at Asheville Hospital where she worked. Zeb's grandmother used to work. Zeb's sisters work. 
And this lady that is calling her is a former classmate of Zeb's. And she tells her that she had seen Zeb's protege in the parking lot of the barbecue restaurant adjacent to the hospital. So this is how the cops come to find out. My question is, what is the connection between Miss Eustich and Misty's mother? Is it is the aunt being used as a diversion? Hey, let's invite her over. Or, no, 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 no. Let me back up. Is someone in the dynamic duo of Misty and Wesley plotting that, hey... His aunt's coming over to eat with my mother, and they use that as a way to get into the house and make the page. Again, these are all questions we won't well, never answer, but well, we'll pose more theories later. Well, if that's true, that means there's a f- if 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 Wesley and Misty are involved, then that means there's a fourth person involved that no one's ever talked about ever, because someone had to make that page. Yeah, and what I had what I had seen was they were thinking. Well, we'll get into that later. All right. Let's okay. Yeah, let's just stick to the facts right now. Let's stick to the facts, and then we'll get into a whole fucking hour long discussion <laughs> discussion of, of what the absolute fuck happened to this. Jesus. Shit. Okay, so we have let's circle back around, and we have to talk about Mister Owens. Okay. Yes. So up until the page. That story is corroborated because he knew it was the aunt because Zeb told him. Right. And. So this all went down. The, the page went down on January 2nd. We're saying around 930. And then. Yeah. In the early morning hours of January 3rd. This would be roughly three hours. I would say four hours. After. Owens last saw Zeb. Yeah, according to him, he said Zeb drives off into the distance, gone forever. But the strange things about strange thing about Mr. Owens is he's going to visit the hospital. Yes, and he states, or not really states, he's this is again fact. He was treated at the hospital for fractured ribs and a head injury that he said he got into another car accident. Later that evening, report you know supposedly at the Waffle House mm-hmm. on Long Shoals Road near I twenty six. Strange things about that is there is no police report about this. No. So if, if you're in a car wreck with another person that you fuck your ribs up you, and you get a head injury, yeah, and there's no police report, that's highly suspicious. Extremely suspicious. Un monumentally suspicious <laughs> I can't uh, I can't I can't timber top of you <laughs> stupendously suspicious <laughs> so let's just recap because there's you know we've been kind of jumping back and forth because there's a lot of weird shit so you've got they're going to look for a car on the second you've got him receiving the page around 9.30 on the second early hours of January 3rd Owen's comes to the hospital and he's got fucked up ribs and a head injury. You've got the mom <laughs> paying 
um, reporting him missing on January 3rd. So his car was found on January 6th. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Three days after mom reports him missing. Yeah. And really, that's the facts. Well, that is the facts. And what's going to happen with Mr. Owens' story is very suspect. And they're going to consider him the most important person of interest in this case. And if you want to see how fucked up this is, if you can get on Investigation Discovery's website and click on the Disappeared series. I love that show. It's season five, episode 15. It originally aired April 16th, 2012. And you can watch it. All you gotta do is figure out what your fucking TV provider is and they'll let you in and watch it. <laughs> I couldn't remember my password so I couldn't watch Dude. it. But anyway. <laughs> and thank you Comcast for not carrying ID Go, so fuck off. Well, But anyway. Yeah, they, there is a disappeared episode on it and I did see it. I didn't know about the case long before it came out. I did not get to watch it, so I will go with your opinion on this. But from everything that I saw on Web Sleuths, everybody was pissed that they, like, a lot of people, like, kind of recorded it and then something happened. They only, like, 15 minutes. So they're expecting the last 15 minutes, they're going to, it's just going to turn around. They're going to tell them who, uh, who did it, da 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 da. And they're like, that's the whole, well, that's the whole point of the show is there's not, Disappeared means they disappeared. It doesn't mean it's solved. If it's solved, they're not fucking disappeared. It would be on solved. Yeah, it would be called solved. <laughs> <laughs> like, so fuck them, man. No offense, but come on. So, again, talking about Owens, he is going to be the main person of interest. And there, if, clearly, if you know anything about, if you follow true crime, you're going to know what's gonna, what I'm about to say next. He's going to be th- thrusted back into the spotlight with this case because he's going to commit a triple murder. On March 17th, 2015, he is arrested for the murder of celebrity chef and former Food Network star Christy Schoen Cod and her husband Joseph Cod and her unborn child. Yeah, he's going to be charged with triple murder. He, he's going to... Uh, be sentenced to life in prison because of this murder and then hold on for just a second because I want to let me paint you a picture of paint me a Birmingham I am Mr. Uh, Owens here so as part of the plea deal he admits that he did kill the Cod family but he also admits that he dismembered their remains and when the police search his home, they find fabric, leather materials, unknown hard fra- fragments buried under a layer of fucking concrete, as well as human remains found in Owens's wood stove. Now, the police put two and two together and figure out, hey, this is the same fucker that was involved in the Zeb Quinn disappearance. And like you said, he is one of the persons of interest, chief suspect, but 
it was not until the murder of the Cod family that they really started looking hard on him. Now, hard at him, not hard on him. <laughs> well, you know. Bro, come sorry, on, dude. man. We can't laugh. I love... Like, well, he had... Maybe not. Okay, I'm not going to go there. So, according to... I didn't giggle. I'm you so lying bastard. I said I did giggle. Okay. I said so I'm, sorry. To, I'm so sorry that I did, but I did giggle. According to Owens, he ran over Christy and her husband, Joseph... When he was high on painkillers and then was so freaked out that he dismembered them and hid their remains. So in 2017, no, I'm sorry, in 2015, he is sentenced. You know, and this, if he was really, if he was high on painkillers and that is exactly what really happened, I can't blame him for trying to cover it up. Me, personally, I would want to be like, fuck, it was an accident. I really didn't mean to do this. But the fact that you're on painkillers and you're you're intoxicated, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. Yeah. Bottom line. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So, I'm not sympathizing with the man, but I'm saying in that same situation, unfortunately, I would try to cover it up myself, too. You going to chop them up put them in your stove? Not me. No. No. I'm going to be throwing up. I mean, there's no way. I can't. But, can't pull the out of my I mean, honestly, I would probably just be so. If I did that, I would probably be so distraught. I'd take. I'd drive. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I'd take the bullet train home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd drive my, I'd drive my vehicle off a of short bridge. Yeah. Um, this is now the lovely, lovely world of Mr. Owens. And we will post a picture of this fine, upstanding citizen. And he looks like a total fucking creep in those big-ass black-and-white striped jumpsuits that they yeah. put his ass in. Well, everybody, I don't, I'm not sure those are flattering for anyone. But I would be asking for something this, in orange. So, Especially for you. <laughs> Some 15 years after the fact. Actually, more than that. 17 years after the mm-hmm. fact. 17 years. A grand jury hands down an indictment. Well, they're going to they're gonna do a search of his property. And they find some fucked up shit besides and they're gonna, what I just did. They're going to find some cloth and some what they call bone fragments. And to this day, we don't know who or what bone fragments they are. But it's going to be reported. Someone's going to report that around the time of Zeb's disappearance, Owens decides to dig a pool on that property. Just so happens. Just so happens to Another dig a pool just, on that property, just to cover it in concrete, and then decide, fuck it, I'm not building the rest of this, this pool. fucking guy. And so, continue with what you were saying with the grand jury. Go ahead. So they hand down an indictment charging Owens with Zeb's death back in 2000. And authorities would state that this was the result of years of investigative work and persistence. But... What we don't know is whether or not it was ultimately prompted by new evidence while they were investigating the dismemberment case or if they just so happened to, like you said, do another search and find some fucked up shit. So he's been charged with the murder and as of today, the 10th of 
2020. Yeah. Actually, not the 10th. Well, yeah, I guess you could it's, say it was the 10th of 2020. It's been 10 days it in 2020. Is, it, is, it is the 10th of 2020. So it's January 10th, 2020. The only thing that's happened is he's been charged. He's not. And so this is where I, yeah, he's been charged. It's not solved. They, they, they. He's already been, serving a life fucking sentence. Yeah, this is where I definitely have a bone to pick with people that say this is solved. Just because someone's charged with a crime, under no circumstances does this mean the crime is solved. And here's the thing about Mr. Owens, is he's actually in a good position to better his life. He is serving a life sentence, consecutive life sentences. He's not going to get out of jail for the rest of his life. But what he could do is better his situation. Better his situation, he could say, listen, he could talk to his lawyer and say, look, I will let you solve this case by confessing, but I would like this, if in, in, in exchange for my confession, I want this to happen. No death penalty, maybe some, some up my commissary, maybe put a TV in my room, in my cell, maybe allow me more yard time, maybe whatever. He has a bargaining chip if he's guilty. He has a bargaining chip to solve this case because at this point where his situation is, it's going to be more important for the police to solve the case than it is to punish him further. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So the fact that he has not come forward, the fact that he's not come forward with any information casts doubts to me. We now get into the theories, and these are going to be some of the more prevalent theories out there. The first theory is that if you believe Jason Owens at face value, that he had two car accidents in one day. And I'm not saying this not impossible, because I know we used to work with a guy that got pulled over three times in one day, and the second time was a DUI, and it was in Podunk. Wait, Al- hold on. Second, second time. time. <laughs> second time was a DUI. It was in Podunk, Alabama, and they rode him around until he got sober because he knew the sheriff's officer, and then he got pulled over again for running a stop sign the third time. I'm like, wow. yeah, I would have went and bought lottery tickets. But anyway, <laughs> so Mr. Owens, we're saying that he has the shittiest look of any this motherfucker. Anyway, anybody out there. The following theory could make sense if you believe he's just an unlucky bastard. So this is one of the web sleuth theories. And it goes like this. Misty calls Zeb stating that she had finally had enough of Wes. And she's leaving his ass. So she asks Zeb to come pick her up at his aunt's house where theoretically she ran to she asks him to take her to a motel her and Zeb do the horizontal hokey pokey for at least a day and a half and then for whatever reason young Zeb asks Owens to call in sick for him and does not call his mother So, Owens calls in sick for him, not really knowing where he's at. And at some point, Wes figures out where 
Misty and Zebrat. Wes comes, confronts both of them, and kills Zeb. Then he makes Misty dispose of his body and drive Zeb's car to the barbecue restaurant. Now, according to this theory, Misty's parents and her family know a hell of a lot more than what they've stated. Now, another theory is along the same lines and Wes confronts Zeb about the relationship that he has with Misty and tells Zeb that he's actually stalking Misty. She tells Zeb that's not true. She turns around and tells Wes it is true. He's stalking me. He won't leave me alone. I need somebody to end this stalking. And Wes kills Zeb that way. Here's my... I guess here's my biggest question. And we'll get into our theories. But right now i got to get this off my chest. Did the police... Like... Chase down where this car was at? That they were supposedly going to see at 9 o'clock at night? That's a good question. Because I'm going to tell you something. Another, I'm not going to go look at a car that I'm seriously considering buying. Fucking dark 30. Another, another question is, did Zeb have the money for this car with him? Could the motive would have been Owen's robbing him? Man, that is a good question. All right, so let's just get to this. We're gonna, I'm going to run it down by person. So let's start with theories. The Misty Theory. This, we're just going to call it the Misty Theory. And there's a lot of these in here, and we'll just run them together, and then we can call bullshit at any point. Ready? It's like speed round. I'm ready. Okay, good. And go. go. The Misty Theory goes like this. Zeb's aunt wanted to play matchmaker. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make, make me a match. match. <laughs> and if you don't get that, boys and girls, no friends of the bruise. Because that may be the best line out of the whole, I don't know, when he opens the door and says, make me a woman, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, I know. Please, don't, don't, don't. Don't, don't insult you. Don't insult my intelligence. <laughs> that guy was hilarious. Who? Robin Williams? No, the other one. <laughs> oh, uh. His brother. Yeah. When he says, we have to address something. <laughs> okay. When I was a child. When I was younger, and when you were younger, you had a cross-dressing babysitter. No, 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 no. Stop. <laughs> when, <laughs> when we were younger, and we saw Mrs. Doubtfire for the first time, that's a funny shit. Ever. We were all like, "Hello." We were all like, "Man, Sally Field's character, she's such a bitch. Like, what's wrong with her?" And now that I'm almost forty, I'm like, "That motherfucker had a donkey in the house." <laughs> What is wrong with him? I would literally kill kill that motherfucker. Yeah. If you brought a fucking donkey, it took a shit in in the house. (laughs) No, fuck that noise. Okay, sorry. Okay, so the misty theory is the ant was playing matchmaker, and she wanted Zeb to go and hook up with Misty. And she felt like Zeb was much better for Misty than Wes. So when Zeb gets a text from his aunt, he gets all excited thinking that she is actually talked Misty into leaving Wes. 
along this theory, Zeb actually buys a puppy because he thinks Misty likes puppies. Now, it is fact that Misty had accepted rides with Zeb before, and they rode around together, and stuff like that. Now, what is not fact is the conjecture that that night he picked her up from the aunt's house. She's running away from Wesley. And they go to the hotel, do the horizontal hokey pokey, and then they run off together. Misty draws the lips on the back of the car as a goofy little thing to say that she's in love with him. And so Owens knows that Zeb's so in love with Misty that he's 18-year-old. He's going to stay up all night in the hotel room, and he's not going to work the next morning. So he does his friend a solid, and he calls in sick for him. Well, though that is strange, I mean, the fact that the hotel key is found in there, that is that that leads credence to that, that maybe they did meet up. and Yeah, and then going along that line, this theory states that maybe Wesley found them and killed Zeb. And originally, Misty was, you know, smitten with the fact that he had never been with a girl and that he, you know, was in love with her. And once Zeb and Wes get into a fight, and during the fight, he winds up killing him, she agrees to help cover it up. She drives the car. Well, I mean, if that's true, then it's probably because she's scared. Yeah, if you just watch... Well, giving her credit given her the benefit of the doubt she's scared or she should she could probably she could possibly be like hell yeah let's let's fucking let's hide this shit you know so going along the lines of the misty theory is the lips drawn on the back of the window is it misty drawing it or did west draw it as a taunt to the family saying ha ha he thought he was going to get my girlfriend, but I got his ass. But how would how would lips? I don't know. Convey them the same way, the same goddamn way they say that the lips and the puppy added together means puppy love. Whoever, I, well, I mean, honestly, that makes more sense than anything I could come up with for the lips and the puppy that, or other than maybe Owens was just trying to throw everyone off. Maybe he did it. See. I can't explain. What I don't understand about Misty is she tells police that Zeb's just an acquaintance. Why the... No. Well, maybe... I still think she, her and her family know more than they're letting on. Not that they had any involvement in the killing. I just think they know a lot of... That's probably true. I think they know a lot of circumstantial shit. Well, one of the theories is that, you know, they hired Owens to kill him. Yeah, and that's what I was about to get into. You know, one of the theories, like you said, is that he purposely gets Zeb to stop at the convenience store knowing that they would be on surveillance. And that way it just shows, hey, man, no, man, we stopped and got a drink. We're going to look at that car. Well, that doesn't make... I mean, to me, that wouldn't make much sense because why would you... If you are going to kill the kid, 
if you're gonna kill your friend, why would you want to be on camera? But I, I think what they're saying is they're trying to they're trying to corroborate say that, the story. Yeah, that the he's story. corroborating his story by yeah. stopping and being on camera. Well, in my my theory, if Misty and Wesley aren't involved, I'm thinking that when he involved as far as the murder, my thinking is is maybe when he pulled in with uh, Owens and he rear-ended the car that Owens got so angry. It's it's extremely plausible because, hell, he was high on fucking painkillers well, and dismembered two fucking people. Well, that fucking I, guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me let me shoot a hole in, it, in that theory right there because there is absolutely positively no way it is an impossibility that Owens is the only one involved. Oh, I agree. 100%. Because where did Zeb's car go? Who moved it? Who moved it? You ain't driving two cars at one time? Exactly. So even if Owens did drive away in his own car. He's got an accomplice somewhere. Yeah. Let's say he murdered him right then and there because he was angry. He's going to move that car. He's going to drive his car away, and either someone else moves that car, or someone brings him back to that car. So it is an impossibility that Owens is the only one involved. The only way I see that he's the only one involved would be that he murders Zeb, puts him in his own car, the protege, drives him off somewhere, disposes of the body, chops him up, because we know he likes to chop people up. So... Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. And then he goes, drops the car off at the barbecue restaurant, and then walks somewhere and calls a friend. Hey, man, I got separated. We were out doing something. Can you take me back to my car? It's on the side of the road at so-and-so. That, that That's a, that's a good theory, that, honestly. That way you would keep, like, if I, if I killed Mini-Me and I, like, buried his ass under a concrete slab, drove his car to the... Um, hoggly woggly hoggly woggly <laughs> and then like walked two miles down the road picked up the phone and called you hey coach can you come pick me up I was out drinking separated from my ride I'm at this payphone on mm-hmm. bumfuck Egypt road mm-hmm. and you'd be like yeah man sure and then where's your car at here it is why is it on the side of the road well you know and just come bullshit story I like that that's that, that's plausible but then I make you an accomplice yeah that's how it works. Yeah, that's exactly how that works. Um, but I wouldn't do that to Mini Me. He's my favorite <laughs> Mini. <laughs> well, fuck, man! You shot holes all in my. Little you were thing. shooting holes, and I just fifty cal jurors. You sure, you sure did. All right, so back to Misty and her boyfriend. So, it's I think it's common knowledge that he beat the shit out of her. Is it not? Like he's a, he was abusive. I mean, I saw a bunch of like. I don't, that's where I get in. I'm so pissed off about the damn... Well, I'm going to say allegedly, so we don't get sued. Allegedly, he beat the shit out of her, and he was very abusive. Now, it's likely that while Zeb's aunt was at Misty's house, Wes forces Misty to break into the aunt's house while no one's home and makes her page Zeb. Because really, if... If Zeb's aunt doesn't have anything to do with this and she's not playing matchmaker and she really doesn't have a whole lot of 
interaction with Zeb, how would she have his pager number? I'm not saying it's not true, or she wouldn't have it on a sticky note somewhere. But let's just chase this for a second. So Wes makes Misty page him. And he knows that if he gets a certain page from Misty, it's on. And or if he gets a certain page from his aunt's number, something's really wrong. Then when Zeb calls back, the boyfriend answers the phone and threatens to kill Misty if Zeb doesn't leave her alone. So Zeb is like, oh, hell no, you ain't going to threaten her. And he's going to the aunt's house thinking that maybe something's wrong with his aunt. And then he's trying to get there to help Misty. They get into some kind of bullshit argument. Wes kills him. Somehow they place a puppy in the fucking car in the window. And the lips, this is goes back to Wes drawing the lips. Maybe, again, this is him thumbing his nose, the big middle finger to Zeb's family. I know that you were fucking around on my girl, fucking around with my girlfriend. And so I'm going to draw these lips as a big F you to your family. And then Wes turns around and tells Misty, I will fucking kill you and your family if you ever say a word. Now, if we chase that, we, you also could chase the fact that Wes tells Zeb, if you, you have a choice, either I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of you and kill you right now, or you can get in, get your shit and get the fuck out of town. And he would not be back, and this is why he calls Owens to call in sick for him. But, I go back to Misty and Wes... Because really, people have seen Misty driving Zeb's car. So this is all conjecture, and it's it's really fucking crazy. It all centers around Wes being the mastermind. Well, and here here's something I was going to say a little bit earlier. If if Owens is truly part of a conspiracy let's say that they hired him to kill Zeb going back to that that gives him a bigger bargaining chip yeah he could say look he threatened my life and the he threatened my life yeah he threatened this I did that I was just I was hired that's more of a incentive for him to confess and he hasn't right and then like you said I think you know uh, Zeb's carrying around this money that he's going to ki- buy this car with and so there's a twofold there you know Wes wants him dead because he's fucking around with his girlfriend but Owens wants to beat the shit out of him to get the money and things get out of hand they you know Owens and Wes hatch this plan to lure him and shit gets crazy and they wind up fucking killing him if you follow that situation then Misty's totally out of it and she doesn't know anything about it she's just used his is bait and then like i said they threaten the fuck out of her but supposedly her and wes have a couple of children by now like 2017 to to now together it would be interesting to know if the police looked into the fact of whether or not owens or wes come into a some money right after his disappearance 
or if they made a bunch of purchases with cash. And then what you were saying is why, if you're already serving life sentences and you know anything about it, let's say you didn't do it, but you know who did. Even if you did do it, you could still better your situation by confessing. But supposedly his lawyers advised him to keep his fucking mouth shut. Well, even though that he's been charged and whatever is going to come of that is going to come of that, at the end of the day, someone moved that car. Someone put that car there. And if I was completely convinced that two people were involved, but what you just, what you said when you outlined that maybe he took Zeb's car, hit it, and then asked for a ride out there, that makes some sense. So I'll, I'll give a lot of uh, credit to you for that. But even so, somebody knows that Jason Owens, the triple murderer, who was involved in Zeb Quinn's disappearance, if that is true, somebody knows that they took Jason Owens out into the middle of a fucking highway to get his car. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. There's somebody else. Somebody involved. else knows something. Somebody knows something. I gave that motherfucker a ride that night. Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't come forward. Yeah. Why would they not? Yeah. They got if if what you said is true, that other person has nothing to 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 be to feel guilty of. No, I just gave this son of a bitch a a, dry, a ride that night and yeah, I think y'all need to know about it. This would be this is the last theory out there, and then we'll get into our theories. So this theory states that Zeb gets a call from his aunt's house, it's Misty. Misty's saying, Look, Wes has beat the shit out of me. So Zeb comes back, tells Owens, Look, dude, we're going to my aunt's house. Wes is beating the shit out of Misty, we're gonna fuck him up. So they roll up at the aunt's house, and Wes has got his own little posse. Now, this is not yeah. far-fetched in the South. Well, if... Just is, follow me. It is far-fetched if you if you see a picture of Zeb. True, but just follow me. No offense to his, his beautiful yeah. mother, who is trying to find him, but the fact of the matter is, Zeb Quinn couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag. So Wes... They show up. Wes has got his own little posse. They get into it, and this is how Owens gets his head injury and his cracked ribs. He is fucked beat out of him. Well, they go too far with Zeb, and they wind up fucking killing him. Ooh. And, and then they threaten Owens? Yes. Oh. And they tell him, at some point, you better keep your fucking mouth shut, or the same thing's going to happen to you. Now, that is a very good theory that I hadn't thought of, but, again... At this point in time, Jason Owens has nothing to lose. No, I agree. It all goes back to Owens needs to just man up and open and his he, mouth. And Either he, and he could shit or get off the pot. He could sing that from the rooftops. He could say that, hey, man, I got the shit beat out of me. They threatened my life. you know. And he, he could use that as leverage. They want this. Everyone involved wants this case solved. So the power for this case is in Jason Owens' hand bottom line whether he's innocent but he knows more than he said whether he's guilty doesn't matter he could use it to his advantage okay so all right i'm done with all those yeah we're gonna keep going and going so we've covered the facts we covered the theories now let's get into ours all right to be honest we i like two 
I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into just one. I like two situations. I like that situation where uh, Owens basically makes up the whole thing about the the he runs to a payphone, comes back, man, I can't do this. I think he gets a page and he's like, "Look, dude, I need some help." And then they roll up and they get confronted by. They think it's just West. They jump out of the car. It's two on one. Then all of a sudden, it's not two on one. It's two on four. And all hell breaks loose. They beat the shit. Like three of them jump on Zeb. Somebody beats the shit out of Owens. And then they threaten him. Then, witnessing all this, West turns around and says, Look, bitch, get in the car. Drive this fucking car to the barbecue restaurant. Or I'm going to fucking kill you. So... And then I also go back to the to the other theory that I like a lot is what we touched on about Owens did something, drove the car and the body somewhere, then drove the car to the barbecue restaurant, walks away, gets on the payphone, calls one of his friends, hey man, I need to ride. I like those two theories. But even so, somebody, that, somebody that, knows something, yes. That person yes. needs to come forward. Well, and I go back to, look, if... if Going with Misty, if you wind up sticking with this dumbass Wes and you now have a kid by him or two kids by him, fucking fry his ass. Go to the cop. Look, this motherfucker killed him and he's threatened me and I'm like, I'm afraid he's going to do something to me and my kids. Well, those are my two, two, that's my two the, I guess theories. Well, I like both of those. You know, here is what I believe. And this is what I, I truly believe these two things. One. That girl is poison. Misty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you pointed out. <laughs> the girl we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah, that one. Anyway. <laughs> one. That Fucking guy! Listen, <laughs> stop. We can't laugh. We, we cannot laugh at this part. At this part. Okay, I'm sorry. <sighs> Seriously, this is a serious case. Go. You have to remember that. Don't you get all philosophical on me? I'm not getting philosophical. I'm I'm just pointing out the fact that we've pissed people off before. That's one, what I'm here for. I know, but one, Zeb is dead. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, he had for an 18 year old to disappear off the face of the earth. For 20 years and not be seen again, not have your social security number come up, not any, nothing means he has, he's, he, he was, he was murdered. And two, someone had to help Owens. If Owens is involved, someone had to help Owens. There is absolutely no way that Owens didn't have help. It's just impossible. What I believe happened, I have to honestly say I don't know. I honestly don't know what happened, but to say just because Owens has been charged with the murder, you cannot say this case is solved. That is unfair to Zeb. That is unfair to his mother. That is unfair to everyone involved to say that this case is solved simply because charges have been levied. There are so many unanswered questions. 
that you cannot possibly say this is solved. Why the page? Why, why was Misty seen driving his car? Who helped Owens? You cannot say this is solved simply because there's charges levied. You just can't. Do I know what happened? No. Do I have my do I think Owens was involved? Absolutely. Was it because he acted alone or he was paid? Whatever. I think he was involved. And that's where I'll leave it. So, with that, we have allowed young Mr. Uh, well, he's not really young. He's seasoned. Mini me. Mini me to actually have a voice in the podcast. And we have reattached his head, cut him off the palmals, and got him a new voice box. And this is his theory on Zeb. Either Owens or Wesley killed him, or both. But I don't think Misty has any role in his disappearance. Owens was the person to cover it up. But I think Wesley killed him, and used Owens to take the blame, like a scapegoat. Misty may have been told to drive Zeb's car to the barbecue restaurant and she drew on his car, thinking that he would come back and she could play him further. The lab puppy either somehow got into the car, or Misty found the puppy and picked it up with her or Wesley's coat, as a present for Zeb so she can trick him into thinking she's into him, then string him along. The hotel keycard belongs to Misty, as another present to make him believe she loves him, giving him access to the hotel room to make him think he is special to Misty. But of course it's all a huge lie and Misty thinks Zeb is coming back. But Wesley killed him, and gave Owens the job of covering it up. And Owens takes the job not noticing that he's being used as a scapegoat. So there are some uh, some good points in there. There's some... That was... But, uh, that was I'm that upset. Was, that was something. Anyway, how are we going to wrap this up? I don't uh, think we can wrap it up. I think this is just... I think, I think we, this is a case that you need to investigate on your own. Well, I think we have to do the deuces like we always do after our recommendations. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, recommendation time. I recommend, if you are interested in cults... <laughs> what? Yeah, that came off wrong. We'll start that all over. No, let's keep that. If you're interested in cults... Yeah, man, go yeah, fucking join one. Go join one, man. Fuck it. Scientology. Fuck. Oh, you know? Jesus. We don't need them Cath- on our ass. Catholicism? Yeah. The Vatican. <laughs> Did you see those videos of the fucking Pope jerking his hand back? From, like... He's at a public thing. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I side with him on that. It's okay for him to touch kids, but when an adult tries to shake his hand, he jerks his fucking hand back. That was inappropriate touching on the fuck that shit. Anyway, you have every right. He has every right to decide who he touches and who he doesn't. Anyway, I side with him. So we totally agree to disagree. Side with the Pope. That's the first time he will agree with anyone that is that religious. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> now, recommendations. If you are interested in crazy ass cults, as in why the hell do people join them, I highly recommend Necronomapod's three part podcast on the Jonestown Massacre. And I will agree with them. It was not a mass suicide. What? Of the what the fuck was it then? 900 people there. Got murdered. 300 of them were kids. 
okay, well, then the 600 of them were, were suicides. So you're telling me out of 600 of them, every one of them was like, yeah, man, fuck it, I'll drink the Kool-Aid. What the hell else do you think happened? You think they forced they it They found down? them with goddamn syringes broke off in their arms. How many? From what I could gather, a lot. Okay, so how many people? I would say a mass suicide is in no more than 400. I would say 500 of them were fucking murdered. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. 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 <laughs> but again, <laughs> we agree. Holy shit. So, uh, I'll give you that. Fuck it. Um, I will say this. Jim Jones was a puss and he didn't drink the Kool-Aid. He got somebody to fucking shoot him in the back of the head. Well, well I mean, come on, man. Fucking drink your own Kool-Aid. You preach the preaching shit. Walk the walk. But anyway. So again, if you are interested in the Jonestown weirdness, find Necronomapod, and they have a three-part podcast on the Jonestown Massacre, and shout out to them, and uh, this is for them, R.I.P. Mr. Muggs. Who's that? Mr. Muggs was Jim's pet monkey. He single-handedly cleared the jungle and was getting some... uh, some Guyanese uh, chimp poon out there. <laughs> All right. I, well, apparently I, have not, to I to haven't it. listened, so I did not know who Mr. Muggs was, though I'm very aware of the Jonestown. I did not know Mr. Muggs, so I apologize. He was a uh, he was slaying some uh, Guyanese uh, chimp poon out there. That's what he was doing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 2020, we're using, we're still using poon. Well, yeah, <laughs> we are. Anyway, all right. So my recommendation, I'm gonna go uh, against type, and I'm gonna recommend a podcast. Yeah, not YouTube, even though our drones of fans love the YouTube recommendations. I'm recommending a podcast called Done Disappeared, and it is fucking hilarious it's not very long they're about 10-15 minutes apiece until the last episode of the first season but it is a spoof of true crime podcasts and man it is you want to talk about nail on the head it is hilarious even though it was created in 2000 the first season I've only listened to the first season but the first season was in 2016, and you will see some of the same things that we do on this show. He's already spoofed, and he does a really good uh, <laughs> episode four. He talks about other podcasts. If you are if you're a fan of true crime podcasts, you will find the you will get tongue a, in cheek of this. Yeah, you will find this podcast hilarious because it is nail on the head. He even does true crime. He does a sp- true crime dump truck with <laughs> <laughs> with the sergeant. Oh, <laughs> I mean he. Even though, like I said, even though it was in 2016, he is. Uh, he even covers some of the stuff that we've covered, like some of the, some of the same situations that we do maybe he was prophetic in that that sense of the word man he he knew it's very good so it's a uh, done disappeared with john david booter 
Look it up. It's good. Those are our recommendations for some of our fans. I will say, all right, all right, all right. And for our other fans, I will say, deuces.